Okay, so we are on Brantsy Island. We'll probably do something about Brantsy Island later. We've been here two days and we're hoping to get a boat off today. Yeah. But we might have missed it again. We might be here another night. So David was just telling us, relaying a story from one of our listeners. Who is it? Nigel. Hi, Nigel. Uh, this happened ages ago, like two weeks ago, which in my brain is too long to retain any information. So apologies, Nigel, if I get this wrong. And we were talking about ghosts, I think, weren't we, second ago, Ross? Yes. And Ni well, Nigel's friend, Nigel knows someone who has walked through a ghost twice. Right. There's a, um, a ghost, I think one was a horseman, who's meant to um, be seen on a, on a certain type of road. And, and this chap has driven along this road and the ghost has been screaming towards him and he's driven through it. And he said... I asked Nigel what it was like, and Nigel said, I asked that question. And his friend said it was just like going through, walking through a human body. <laughs> well, but how do you, you know, yeah. this, is, this is why I brought it up, how, do you, to, how does anyone know what walking through a human body is like? But that's the, that's the magic of metaphor, isn't it? You can, um, you can conjure up a feeling. Well, I think it's, that's a philosophical question, isn't it? Because how would, how would you know any um, experience which you're relaying to someone else? Is a shared experience. See, even if you say, oh, it's just, it was like eating a, a Mars bar, how do you know? Well, I've uh, eaten a Mars bar, I know what that's like. Yeah, but you don't know if my experience of eating the Mars bar is the same as your experience of eating a Mars bar. So, any description of. A description of something that you can't possibly do. Yeah, but it's just. We go that way, okay. I think. Should we? Yeah. This is why we got lost, this is why we've been here two days. I've driven through like pockets of mist, haven't you? I'm like on. Yeah. And what's at, that like? At night time and, and dark. It's a little bit like, is that a ghost? No, right. it's a pocket of mist. <laughs> but then in my mind, it's like, is that what people think they see? No, Nigel's friend was adamant that he was going through a ghost. So, but if he was, um, if it's a, a mounted horseman, he was probably going through the, the through the, the horse. for the, the horse. horse. So, it was, so it was nothing like going through a human body, was it? Because I imagine. How do we find out what going through a human body's like? Well, pass goes this way. I think it's, it's a bit like having sex, but like not all uh, the way through. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> David hasn't done it yet, so he doesn't quite. He's not quite sure. I know. I'm still. I'm still on the early stages. Yeah. Chatting to your mum. <laughs> all right. Is that enough? That is more than enough, probably. Join David and Ross as they become discombobulated in Dorset. From pixies to poltergeists, witches to woodrows, they are them explore the legends, folklore, and outright weirdness of their own county. This it's is Dark Dorset, a podcast of weird horses. Hello, I'm Ross in Dorchester. I'm David in Wareham. It always has a little laugh when it gets to that point. That's <laughs> because you're ridiculous. <laughs> I'm playing, playing um, radio shows with my friend. Yeah. Radio shows? Yeah. We're playing, did you, when you were a kid, did you play radio shows? Like with a tape recorder no. and make radios? No, I was no. too busy um, building things with Lego and smashing up my brother's things mm. from Lego. Oh, whereas we um, used to make radio shows and make our mum listen to them. So it'd be us like doing links for like <laughs> two little boys or Rolf Harris and um Yeah. Yeah. Just recording shit singles onto tape. Oh what what's that local beer you just opened? <laughs>
Um, how did you know I opened a beer? Well, because it was the, the Foley, which, and I could see you. Uh, young. I could see me. Oh, yeah. I forget you could see me. Um, I've got a Gritchy Brewing Company. Ooh. It's a Session Law. It's an IPA. It's four point three percent, and it's very delicious. Gritchy, how do you spell that? Let me just type. Gritchy, G Gritchy, as in Guy. Oh Ritchie. yeah, Gritchy. We drank some of these when we were on Brown Sea Island, Ross. And on um, and Oak Fair as well. Yes, they had it on draft at the Oak Fair. That was excellent. Mm. Yes, uh, Brown Sea Island. That's what this episode's about. So uh, I, I better say what my, my beer is because I forget otherwise. This is from Guile 59, which is a Dorset brewery. Um, Where's that? Uh, it is. I was just looking about it. They got a... Um, where is it? They have a... Brewery Beer Garden, which is open every Saturday from 12 to 5. It's on Bridge Street, opposite the museum. I don't know where Bridge Street is. Dorchester? Um, Bridgeport? Who knows? Okay, it is Chard. Oh. There's a Formcombe and Chard. It's not the same Formcombe as we went to see the... um... You said it was a local brewery. Yeah, Chard. Where's Chard then? Somerset. Well, it says on here, it's a Dorset beer. Uh, maybe. Well, it says it. Yeah, it does look quite. Um, maybe it's on the um, on the borderlands between um Dorset and Somerset. But this is a Ruby Port Stout, five point two percent, unfiltered, unfined, and vegan friendly. <laughs> but not from Dorset. Oh, apparently, well, they say it is. So, um, nah, not going to argue. I think it's probably more Dorset than your Guy Ritchie beer, isn't it? No. No? Oh, look at that. No. This is um, made near, uh, it's been a long day. It's made near the um, Compton Abbas. Oh, I thought, Guy Ritchie, I thought Guy Ritchie was like a London geezer. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he lives near the Compton Abbas airfield because he's oh. just bought that as well. Okay. And um, Spitfires fly out of that every other weekend at the moment, come overhead. Oh, really? Go back again. Yeah. And the restaurants um, had a lot of work doing to it, and it's meant to be really cool. I know nothing of this. So I don't feel quite so bad now for drinking this stuff. I think it, it was. Because I, I just, I've always had a Guy Ritchie um, unfounded dislike. <laughs> I, I, it was just like, do you know when you're. Oh, you've never met him. Or never met never, him. Listen to an interview. No, uh, no, nothing about it. You just him. think you're going to dislike him. Yeah, it's one of those things where a load of people you don't like tell you to watch a film. Yeah. When you're younger, and then you're like, okay, yeah, that must be shit because I, those people are shit, <laughs> and also a lot of people. But so I, I've never seen any Guy Ritchie films until um, The Gentleman, which came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was quite good. Um, but up until that point, it was like I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to like it. <laughs> It's just, uh, I'm a massive think, snob uh, yeah. and prejudge I know, a lot of things. I think he's really cool. I've, um, he does a lot of work, um, very helpful to um, some charities that friends of I work for. Oh, okay. Um, but I think he's really, he's he's quite cool because he just gets involved with anything that's creative. Okay, well, I take it all back. It's just me hanging on to <laughs> a stupid uh, prejudice I had from being like 18 or 19. And, just and like, the brewery makes excellent beer. Okay, good. Well. I'm prepared to be okay to say I'm wrong. Um, you can tell we haven't talked to each other for ages because we're just we're just golf waffling along. <laughs> golf golf waffling. 
Okay, so, so no. Brancy Island. Brancy Island. So so we went, talk why did we go to Brancy Island? Uh, we went to Brancy Island because uh, it's open to the public to camp there if mm. you book in advance. So we went for a couple of nights for your birthday. Yeah, my 46th birthday, which was a shock to me because I thought I was 45 this year. Um, <laughs> and I think I'm having some kind of, um, again, some kind of crisis because um, I've suddenly thought I'm quite close to 60 now. Um, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you might as well round it up to 100 i know i know but um <laughs> close. no one thinks that you don't get well, that close to 50 and think i'm almost 60 well 50 is pretty 50 much you've got to get past first <laughs> look what it's done to me oh i don't you're you're eternally youthful to me david <laughs> i never I'm imagine you to be as quite world. quite as old as you are or as wise that's what it is i'm wise no I think you you're eternally childish. So <laughs> I think that's a compliment. Yeah. So we went there yeah. for my not 60th, 46th birthday. So Brownsea Island is um, one of eight islands in Paul Harbour. Paul is the the town of my birth and where I lived until I was 19 and couldn't wait to get away from. And now I work there again. And um, <laughs> but Brownsea Island is famous for a number of different things you, you may if you have heard of it it might be because you know it is the birthplace of the scouting movement it's where baden powell had the first ever scout 1907 19, oh take it off your list i saw that tick. <laughs> tick it's the one thing on my list also famous for its red squirrels it's one of the only places left and we the... did see some didn't we yes. we saw some scrabbling around outside the tent oh i got a fact about red squirrels here the Brownsea Island red squirrel population is the only population known in the UK to carry the human form of the bacterium stem Microbacterium libre, which causes leprosy in humans. Were you aware of that? I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. I don't think I'll go. I, I have to go back to Brownsea Island on Monday. Oh, so, my God. So you, um, so you can catch leprosy from the red squirrels on Brownsea Island, which is not something which the, um, the National Trust... Uh, Put in their literature when they're trying to <laughs> tempt people over there. Uh, it, it so might I, I put some nuts that aren't no. out of my reach, so I don't. Um, I could eat them, but I've just gone over and got some. So. Longer arms. Yeah. Well, you might as well tuck in because you're nearly sixty, Ross. I know. I think it's, it's the thought of, of squirrels eating nuts just made me <clears> want some. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when we booked trip to Brighton Island, I did it without thinking it through. And as we got closer to the date, I realised that the only way you can get to Brownsea Island is from a ferry. Public ferry. A small ferry from um, from Paul Key. The amount of camping stuff, which um, me and my family normally take camping, up until recently, we had to take two cars full of stuff <laughs> because we have, we have such a big tent and so much uh, equipment. I have less I have less camping equipment, but I was more worried about how we'd get all the alcohol over <laughs> for two nights. And the fact is that we can only take what we could carry onto the onto the boat so we managed to pair it right back even with that we had to buy a little trolley to to uh, pull along with the stuff and poor david um you know he is old and i still made him carry all of our nearly ca- 60 nearly 60 i made him carry all of our poles which are incredibly heavy <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know how he managed it and as we were rushing to get onto the ferry there was a lightning yes yes streaking across the sky the um the lady at the um the yellow this is a couple of different um uh, ferry ferry huts it's the yellow one we can recommend going to the yellow one because the lady was very helpful and it let us keep put all of our stuff inside a little shed to keep it out of the rain uh, while we went to Weatherspoon we but yeah. she wouldn't look after the kids though no that's, that's no. a shame 
So I, I had to sort of expose my children to weather spoons, which was <laughs> not something I thought they were quite ready for. But And she was delighting in showing us a map she got on her phone, showing all the different lightning strikes which are going on on the island at the time. It's quite funny that when we were waiting for the ferry to come across, the ferry was absolutely packed. Of it was standing room only. People absolutely soaked <laughs> wet in the rain. Um, and then we were the only people going back, apart from a, uh, an old couple, back over to yes. the island. But the sun came out, didn't it? We got halfway across, and the sun came out, and the, the the dark clouds parted, and it was it was lovely after that. Yeah, yeah, it, very strange weather that weekend. Like every so often, you could see the rain sort of like coming across the harbour, and then it would just like pass you and go. So it, it was yeah. And then we had to lug all our stuff across the island. When we got to the um off the uh-huh. other side, they said. You can either put all your stuff into the tractor trailer and we will bring it over at some point before five o'clock, I think it was. Yeah. Or you can lug it across the island yourself. And we was like, well, we want to get it all up before it gets too late. So we'd lug it across. I was very pleased that David was there because my wife was absolutely livid. Um, and the fact that there was someone outside of the family there to, to <laughs> curb her rage. Um, she was only livid because you made her pull the trolley with all the heavy things. Well, it's because my arms are too long. I'm too tall for it. She was the right height. Um, and just as we arrived at the campsite, the trader turned up with nothing on it because they said we were the only people um, camping. But the campsite was brilliant. Really good. Had all like the... Um, cooking facilities and they give you a box of all your stuff in it um or your all, yeah. cooking things and yeah definitely we'll go back, back there again it was great we had a lovely uh we camped at the top of the hill didn't we on a nice flat mm. space looking over the heathers out to out to the harbour but why are we talking about this on dark darset david is it what what darker elements what mysterious and ghoulish? because of two things firstly at one end of the island there is a deserted village at the east end of the island there is a castle mm-hmm. that is apparently haunted. Yes. So, let's talk about the castle first, shall we? So, um, I found an article on the absolute shit. Um, <laughs> it's Dorset Echo, isn't it? Dorset That's Echo. what you say. Yeah. yeah. One, Dorset Echo's website is one of the worst websites and experiences you can ever, ever come across. You, the, trying to find what is actually the article on the page amongst all the adverts and yeah. clickbait things and uh, pop-ups yeah. and stuff. It is, it's, it's repulsive. Totally um, and they are absolute bullshit <laughs> arsehole fuckers about putting um, a load of old bollocks on, on, their, on their website. Don't give a shit about whose lives they ruin. Um, basically just want um, people to... Have, we, have yeah. we hit a nerve here, Ross? Oh, yeah. They, they've just been... Yeah, oh, yeah. They just um, horrible. Hate them. Absolutely hate them. Um, but there is an article on there about a, 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 a supposedly a photograph of a ghost on that on there. But they they they're referring to the photograph, and it's not on the fucking article. I know. I, I have you been able to find the the photograph anywhere? On no, there? no. Neither have I. So they're Neither describing a photograph which doesn't exist. But the photograph was apparently taken in May two thousand and three when a couple were over there for a, a charity evening at the castle, which is leased by John Lewis. There was a fundraising night there. And they say they took a photo from a window in the castle, and there's a face in the photo. So the photo is supposedly of a lady, which, uh, what's her name? Mary Bonham Christie. 
Um, when I tried to Google more information about her, I just got lots of pictures of Helen the Bonham Carter, which is um, <laughs> well done, yes. Google. She's the lady that bought the island um, in... 1927. She bought well, it for well 125,000 pounds, and she was known as the Demon of Brownsea because she, she bought it and immediately gave notice to the 120 um, or so families who lived on the island and basically told them to get lost. Because I didn't realise uh, that up until that point. Because Brownsea Island at the, now, like we said, it's it's jointly owned by the National Trust and the Dorset Wildlife Fund. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trust. Trust, that's it. Um, and it's as far as all my lifetime and all my sort of memory of it is, is of just... A almost like a, a nature reserve with a, a nature reserve, yeah. a scout camp on there. But I didn't realise that up until the late nineteen twenties that people lived there. That, like we said, one hundred and twenty families lived there, and basically she bought the, the uh, bought it and kicked them all off and let the whole island just go back to being wild again. She was a little bit of a, uh, a recluse, but also she just very much wanted to let nature take up um, reclaim the island. But it says I, I read here that um, she lived in one room in that in that castle. On the second floor, with an oil stove in the centre, which in what upon which she would um, cook eggs, which she went and foraged up from the island from the from the red squirrels. Yeah, yeah, squirrel eggs. <laughs> yeah, and when she she lived there till she was ninety six, and the day she came off to be put in a nursing home by her family, she died. So maybe the photo was taken in that very room, mm-hmm. and it would have had to be, wouldn't it, for that ghost? Well, uh, but even if that photograph exists. What sort of journalism is it to just describe a photograph <laughs> yeah. which they don't even show? Could could this photograph, which we're just talking about, um, be the, the ghost of yeah. um, Mary Bond Christie? There, there are also a couple of stories from uh, 1976 where a, a head chef, at 7am, his bedclothes got tugged around and his pillows got moved. Ooh. And he, he thought that was something... So he was there on his own in the room, um, Having a and he had to have th- he had to have three days off to get <laughs> over uh, this this yeah this uh, apparition. And then um, the same week or the week before, one of the porters at the castle there uh, saw a cotton reel fly through the air. Wow! Yeah, it's almost <laughs> as if someone had thrown a cotton oh, reel. Yeah. <laughs> Did he get three days off as well for saying yeah. that? It doesn't say, but that's 1976. You've been in the castle. I've never been in the castle. Yeah, it's lovely. It's quite dated. Yeah, but what did you say about the, the way you get into it? When you when you land on the island, if you're going to the castle, you land on a different jetty, on the private castle jetty, and it's it's beautiful kind of corridor you walk through with roses and um, butterflies in. Yeah, and it opens up onto... Well, actual uh, butterflies or drawings of butterflies? No, real, real butterflies. I think there might be drawings as well, but there were lots of real butterflies flitting and flying around. And then it opens up onto the lawn to the castle. Nice. That was quite cool. She had a protracted legal battle, and then it looked like someone tried to burn her off the island in 1934. Um, they never determined what what who what the cause of the fire was, but she um, blamed the Boy Scouts and forbade them to camp on the island afterwards. She even like kicked them off of it, and so they they, they didn't return until the National Trust. Trust When we were on the island camping, you pointed out a couple of things to me. Not the huge slugs that were there, but uh, <laughs> they were they said... were proper like old school nineteen eighties <laughs> black slugs. Like when I was a kid, when we were kids, slugs were big and black, and now they're they're, they're small and orange. And I don't know what they happened. Big, to... They were bigger than my phone. That that slug was enormous. Yes, you kept pointing out. I remember going there when I came here camping. I remember seeing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I like, remember being by that fire pit. There was lots of 
cubs and scouts there and i was speaking to one of the um the scout leaders and i said oh yeah i, I came here for like a a scout camp for a big um like jamboree and he goes yeah i was here in the 70s so that's where i'm like fuck off you know i'm, <laughs> I'm not not actually 60 yet was your jamboree in the 80s yeah um but they've got this big stone erected there haven't they like they've got they created their own yes. standing like stone a monolith. yeah of the yeah. Uh, the scouting stone but scouts come from all over the world to to camp there it's like a pilgrimage isn't it to the very first yeah one. they got this cool bit where if you come from another country that you're meant to bring like a, a carved bit of wood to say how how many miles it is to where you've come from and they got this this great bit where they all these different signs are from like argentina and germany and australia and all that all these different scout groups of who have made that pilgrimage to like a shitty little island (laughs) (laughs) we we went on a pilgrimage to find the deserted village didn't we and we had another run-in with a slug so it's called maryland which is named after the wife of its founder colonel william petrie petrie whoa i can't say this william i can read that word and is he the guy that um, tried to set up the pottery on the island? Yes. Because he thought he'd make a fortune, but actually the clay wasn't nearly as good as the clay in the surrounding. Yeah, because Paul um, Pottery, on Paul Key, there was, it was for year up until my whole youth, um, there was a famous pottery there, which was famous for doing very high quality pottery. Decorative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Often a lot of people collect it. Um, I think they had some special glazes. They, they kind of developed a red glaze, didn't they? Which mm. I think was quite unusual. Yeah. Uh, my nan had a lot of it. I don't know where any of it went. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he saw that. I thought, oh, I could be doing my own. Um... And Fursbrook over near where I am has some um, very famous clay pits. They get they get very fine clay out of there. My elderly neighbour used to work in the clay pits when he was a lad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah, and Upton's got big clay pits as well, isn't it? Is that, is they they turned into like down by the um, SBS. Because when I was a kid, we used to. So the special boat service are based um, in in Upton, and there's some big clay pits there which are now full of water, and they use them for training. And when I was a kid, we used to go there and break in and uh, like swim out to the jetties and to like spend the day. You know, day to do that now. Playing. <laughs> so, so again, another one of those stupid things which you um do as a kid, like break into a bit with loads of signs saying extremely deep water. You know, I couldn't swim very well at all, but managed to sort of like get myself <laughs> over onto this um onto this jetty and spend the day just jumping off of it into the into there. But I think this guy um thought, oh I can I can make some money. I'll buy this island and set up a pottery there and then it turns out the clay was really shit. So they ended up having they could only make um like pipes and um, Yeah. And the chimney the, pots. Um, the west the west end of the island, the beaches there are mainly made up of smashed pottery, aren't they? Mm. There's almost inch thick red pipe fragments everywhere. So they had this um, village there, uh, it's a place called Maryland, which was mainly, what do you call them, potters? I don't know, people who made chimneys and pipes until... Um, pipers. Pipers. Chimney pipers. Mary Bodman and Christie bought the place and kicked them all off. During the Second World War, they would put flares on the island as a decoy on the western end of the island to mislead the Luftwaffe, almost called the Luftwaffe then, the Luftwaffe, <laughs> away from the port. Apparently, it worked, and it says here that a thousand tons of German bombs were dropped on the island instead of Hutau. 
there's nothing of that village left, is there? There's just a few footings yeah. here and there. And yeah. It's totally flat, and then in amongst all those pipes on the beach, there are brick fragments here and there. Yeah, like you might find like a chimney, might you? Or yeah. um, just like the bit of a wall or something, but it, it looked like it was absolutely flattened by the wooden upper. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that French for table tennis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only, I only ever thought the um, that island was about scouts and squirrels, but um, and peacocks. Oh yes, peacocks as well. What was the name of the um, peacock? Which he's called Na- Naughty Nigel. Nigel. Naughty Nigel. Naughty Nigel. Yeah, he he wouldn't take no for an answer, would he? No. Did you see any spooky goings on on the island while we were there? Apart from the slugs. Uh, when we we walked across the island after a box of wine. With only our head torch to light our way, and a flask uh, of whiskey, and a flask of whiskey, because we were going to see, because we could watch the fireworks which were going off on Pool Key from the, um, from the, would it be in the North Beach? I imagine if it was facing, yes, uh, yeah, Northwest, yes. And there were lots of eyes looking at us for like reflecting back oh, out of the darkness. Yes, yes, po- um, pointing the torch into their forest because it's heavily wooded down that end of the island, isn't it? Uh, with just this gravel track going through it, and you could put the torch through, and all the little eyes reflecting. They were mostly bears, but they might be one or two deer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, deer and uh, deer and rabbits. But um, that was quite spooky. I think we were just too inebriated to be scared. <laughs> I had the impression that it'd be quiet on the island, but there was always this under. There was always yes. like a drone of of something coming yes. in. Yeah, so we were camping on the south shore, by the just southwest, and the neighbouring island. Well, the, the one after that actually is the one with the oil refinery on, mm. and there's one in the middle, um, in between us. But it was, it was a very faint kind of, mm. almost like a motorway noise, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and and there's always a boat boats going past all the whole time we were there as well. That I uh, that island where the, the, supposedly the refinery, well, it is the refinery. I'm all, all <laughs> supposedly, <laughs> but I was going to say, you know, if you wanted to write some kind of like. It's a mysterious story, like what is actually going on on that island? Because no, no one's allowed on there. There's um, security. If you try and, which you, I think you said, uh, if you try and land your boat on there, security will come down and get you off there pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you know, it's the sort of thing you feel like is that actually a gateway to hell or something? Which they've <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to keep shut, or are they doing experiments on on people? But they, there's been quite a few um, bodies just found in Pearl Harbor, which they never mm. find out who the, who they were, and they were sent. They're not like homeless people because they're well dressed. And, and and that was like oh. we never never found out who these people were. They said um, they could have floated from anywhere, but yeah, um, there was yeah maybe there's, there's there is some mystery there. I was also looking. Apparently, there's some tunnels on Browsey Island, but I couldn't find out any more information apart apart from the fact there are tunnels. And I think we saw a couple of yeah, we thought they were vents, didn't we? They were capped off, but we sh- we should have prized them off and put one of your children down there to see where they got to. There is a Enid Blyton book called five have a mystery to solve and they go to an island which is called whispering island mm-hmm. and i'm going to read you a bit here i think we have to stay on the island till the tide turns and we can row back to it said julian they pulled the boat a little further up into the firm sand and took out their bundle of clothes and hid them under a bush they walked up the beach towards a wood thick with great trees as they neared them they heard a strange mysterious sound whispering said george stopping the trees are really whispering listen 
It's just as if they're talking to one another under their breath. No wonder it's called the Whispering Island. I don't like it, said Anne. It's almost sounds as if they're saying nasty things about us. <laughs> shooey, 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 said the trees, nodding towards one another as the wind shook them. Shooey, shooey. The origin of Whispering Island is widely accepted to be Browsey Island and Paul Harbour. Brighton herself noted in her preface to five of a mystery to solve that the island is real and it lies in the great harbour, still full of whispering trees. <laughs> I did, it was quite it was quite windy when um, on the second night, wasn't it? It got quite cold and breezy. So I got some more facts here. Yes. The first records of inhabitants of Bratsy Island occurred in the 9th century where a small chapel and hermitage were built by monks from Cern Abbey near Dorchester. The chapel was dedicated to St Andrew and the only resident of the island was a hermit who may have administered to the spiritual welfare of sailors passing Hula Harbour. That, that book which sort of started this whole thing, um, Occult Britain, has quite a lot of stuff about like uh, hermitages and mm. and it's not something we, we have anymore. I, I wonder what, when the idea of, of like a hermit being a, a good thing or people wanting to become hermits sort of like died out has that ever um been something you've been attracted to david uh occasionally i would like just to fuck off and be on my own um but i don't i wouldn't be able to live in a cave forever no, in a loincloth <laughs> i wasn't even taking a loincloth um but maybe there's loads more hermits that lived places that didn't get bothered by people and we never hear of them because no one ever bothered them to find out about them. That was I, wise. I feel like I can remember a point when I was getting pissed off at my a job I had, and I was like looking up how I, if I could possibly uh, sell my house. become. I wanted to go and live in the middle of Alaska, away from everyone. That, I suppose that's like a modern version of being a hermit, isn't it? Just just go off the grid. Yeah, it's quite difficult to find the space to go off the grid, probably mm. in this country. I'll let you know if I find anywhere. So the other islands in Ampol Harbour, you've been to a few of them, and you're kayaking adventures oh my i knew you were going to ask me about the other ones mm. uh i think i've kayaked around most of them yeah hit me hit me with the names oh i don't uh, so was, there's, ah, what, I, I can guess i, I from memory long island round yeah. island uh that's all yeah. i can think of so they're the they're the two off the west of brancy that you can see or the like with corfo over the top of them then you've got uh, Green Island, which is the one next to us, and Fursey Island, which I think is the one with the refinery on. Right. Then you've got Stony Island, which is in the entrance of the harbour and only appears at low tide. Okay. Then you've got Giggers Island, which is up the top of the Wareham Channel, um, and you can only get round that on high tide. And the one that we went over to a few weeks ago and, and hammocked up, is oh my god, can't remember the name of that. that Dro- Drove Island, there's one called Drove Island, which is a small marsh island off the Studland Peninsula, Fursey Island, uh, Giggers Island, Green Island, yep. Long Island, Otter Island. Oh, where's uh, that? Uh, located on the southwestern edge of Litchet Bay, uh, yeah, Pergins Island, Pergins, that's the one we yeah. um. That's when we uh, had a, an overnighter on recently. That used to be um, that used to be owned by uh, the owner of. Oh, there's a big old house there, isn't there? Upton Country Upton House. There. Upton Country House. So yep. the owner there used to let the um, the very poor people from Paul, the ladies and the kids, 
camp on the island um, to get out of the slums in the, and avoid cholera in the summers. Okay. I think it's a bit like that today still. Apparently you can, um, so, so there's five houses on Round Island, which you can rent out about £110 a night, it says. Yeah. Yeah, really. yeah. They, um, there was a little pottery on there as well at one point, I think. No, that's Green Island, isn't it? So, um, King Canute. Yes. Stayed there, didn't he? Or he used it as a base when he came up the channel and um, fucked Wareham over. <laughs> yeah, sack Wareham yeah, and Cern Abbey. <laughs> Where is Cern Abbey? Yeah. We should need to look into it. Because it keeps coming up again and again in the stuff we're doing. Um, I think that's Niz. It's a Dorchester, it's, 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 Yeah. Okay, no. So I've just got to find. There is one. I've got to find a second. Surely it's near Cern Abbas. I think there was an abbey at Cern Abbas. So the island was owned by a guy called Sir, Sir Augustus John Foster, who was a reti- yes. retired Yes, he slit his throat, didn't he? Yes. Sorry, that's your punchline. There it is. So it, it, could have, it could have been his ghost that was um, taken, although maybe yeah, the ghost was dressed as a woman, apparently. But until we see the photograph, we cannot make a judgment. No. Um, yes, like I said, like, like you said, he um, experienced bouts of depression and he slit his throat in 1848. So yeah, so that's there, some more macabre um, history to the island. A lot going on on that little island, which is not as little as you think as it actually looks when you get on there. It does take quite a long time to walk across it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's about half hour from end to end, I suppose. Yeah, it's nice, lovely, big picture is. So the next episode, mm. uh, what are we doing in between now and the next episode? We are staying overnight in a haunted prison. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> Is that uh, next weekend? Next uh, Saturday yeah, night? Yeah, so part, part of my um, birthday... 60th birthday present. present ...is um, we're going to stay in Dorchester Prison and we're going to have a seance in there, I believe. And uh, yeah, stay overnight. I think David might be going home like a little worse. It's his guest day. Um, but uh, at the very least, me and my wife will be staying the night in there. Are you uh, set, got separate cells? Uh, I hope so. I think you have to pay extra <laughs> for that. Hopefully we'll have a shower, David, and um, you, you'll drop the soap. And <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we will be staying in an abandoned haunted prison um, for on the next episode. I think we have to, we have to use the bed sheets and escape underneath a, a food truck the next yes, day. Yes, exactly. Um, and then after that, we will be having a special guest coming to, to join us at some point. So um, look out for that coming soon. David's forgotten about that. Yeah. Oh, oh excellent. <laughs> we promised Henry he'd come on, didn't we? Yes. Yes. Mm. Horrible Henry. Okay. But until then, um, stay discombobulated. And, um, <laughs> and uh, happy day. And don't be natural. Bye. Excellent. Cheery byes. If you knows of any weirdness you'd like to share with David and Ross, you can tell them by email at darkdarson at gmail.com or talk to them on Twitter at darkdarson. Well, until next time, stay discombobulated. Stay discombobulated.